This week on the town tailgate, Rendon suspension after an altercation with the fan. Owners approve the minor league CBA and how the new rule adjustments have changed the Major League Baseball as well as the rough start for the A's and me and Julio get into how the A's are going to score some runs this season. It's all coming up next. All right, week two, baseball season, um, Oakland A season. Welcome to the Town Tailgate Podcast. I am Chris. Across from me is Julio. Wait, did you just say across from you? Yeah, so this is our first. What? It's not our first time podcasting in person, but it's our first time. Is it our first time doing Town Tailgate in person? I think our first Town Tailgate in person. Yeah, we did Magic Hour in person like a handful of times. Rest in power. Rest in Magic power. Hour. For the listeners who are maybe new that was my old podcast. It was just a general sports podcast, and then Julio and I created the Town Tailgate, and I just stopped doing it because the Town Tailgate became my full podcast love. Well, so, that's that's how you became a millionaire was through Town Tailgate. Definitely not a millionaire. <laughs> that's true, um, or not true. Um, we have like a little makeshift studio set up in my living room, which is pretty cool. Located right. in El Segundo, California. El Segundo, California. The location of the Chris Madrigal Man Cave. Got three TVs going. Got the Padres and Braves in one corner. I got Miami Heat versus the Sixers in one. I got the Masters on another one. For those of you who don't know, I have three TVs on my wall. It's pretty tight. It, that's the whole thing. Chris got three TVs. I got three cats. So <laughs> three is the magic number. It, the cats make better uh, make better uh, cameos in podcasts, though. You can't really do that with TVs. <laughs> Just one day, you. I mean, I get. I could turn on. I could turn up the sound. Chris, there's a TV walking behind you. What I can the turn up the sound. On? There you go. You're hearing the masters on one of my oh, TVs. Oh, you got a cameo, cameo appearance right there. Um, as always, we are brought to you by the Fan First Podcast Network. We are. This is our second podcast with them. That's cool. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Town Tailgate. Interact with us. We like to interact with the A's Nation. Um, but yeah. So let's. I don't know. Let's get into it. Big three. And we're back to our our original um format. We're going the weekly, we're, the weekly format. We're doing the big three. We'll do the A's news, and then we'll jump into a major topic. So, um, unless I'm missing anything, do you want to just hop into big three? Let's hop right in. Let's snoodle all in there. Okay. So the first order of news, um, I'm sure most A's fans saw this because it involved the A's. Um, Carlos Rendon got an altercation. Anthony, sorry, not the. My apologies, Carlos Rendon. You are injured right now. That would be so. Rodon. Rodon. That yes. was Rondon. So then either way, I don't want to confuse I don't want to confuse you and get you in trouble because you didn't do anything wrong. So that's just fucked up of me. Um Anthony Rendon got an altercation with the A's fan after opening day. Um this was behind home plate. An A's fan was yelling, You're a bitch or something like that. Uh, allegedly uh, was yelling this from uh to Anthony Rendon. Rendon didn't like it. He saw the fan in the stands, grabbed his shirt, pulled him towards him in into the into the backstop like fence, and was like, "You're gonna call me a little bitch, huh?" And he had an altercation. He got physical because of that. Um, he was suspended four games, and he's been fined an undisclosed amount. So I'm assuming that's a lot. 
Um, I don't know, Julio. What what were your initial thoughts on that? To help you remember, Rodon, Rondon, Rodon, Rodon is also the name of the like pterodactyl thing from Godzilla. But isn't no? But isn't it Rondon? It's Rondo, Rondon, but Carlos, Carlos Rondon, and then Anthony Rendon. Bitch, I'm just open this can of worms. All right. Anyways, I'll I'll look up Rodon. Carlos Rodon. It is Rodon. Rodon. Okay. Rendon. Either way, they both got paid a lot of money the last few years. Um, yeah. Look. And only it, one of them is actually playing well. Anyway. The real question is who. But, uh, yes, I, it is a hot-button topic, especially, like, look, the guy's making how much money. And if you go talk to a lot of these NBA athletes, too, who I think the NBA probably gets the most harassment by fans than any other sport. Sure. And you rarely see fan interaction. The person probably gets the most kind of slack for it is Russell Westbrook, where, like, you've seen multiple instances where Russell Westbrook got people kicked out. Yeah, but people, like, like, harass, like, yeah. literally harass him for that. Yeah, and one end is, like, one fan aspect. What the hell are you doing? What are you doing in your – it looked like an older dude. It looked like somebody in their 30s or 40s were yeah, yeah. calling another grown man a bitch. Mm-hmm. That's – what are you doing in the first place? You're there, you're doing these low seats. Your team won. You know, get over it. But Anthony Rendon, you got to be more professional than that, dude. You already have such a bad image as an as an Anaheim Angel right now because you haven't done anything. It's just gonna be his what? So I, but I I would argue that's probably why he reacted that way because he like he's so frustrated with himself and his performance. He's probably hearing it on a regular basis from. Obviously, media, but probably fans in Anaheim. They're I I can't imagine they're too happy about it. Um, so he's just probably fed up. But at the same time, bro, like you're the one who signed the dotted line. Like you knew that there was gonna be some some criticism when it it came to that. Like you have to perform if you're gonna be paid that much fucking money. Like that's the reality of the, of the situation. So I don't know. And now, well, I think you probably didn't realize in this moment, but it's like. You're going to get booed in Oakland every time. Yeah. It's like, look, we know that like, and a lot of people are going to the games. Is it their fault, fans' fault? No, it's John Fisher's fault. We all mm-hmm. know that. So anybody who says otherwise at this point is just an idiot. But now every time you go to Oakland where 13,000 sounds like 26,000 when it's actually exciting, yeah, you're going to hear it every single time. Yeah. You just made a new number one enemy. And if there's anything we both learned from our time growing up in the East Bay and going to games, A's and Raider games, is uh, Oakland people are very petty. They will hold some of these things against you for a long time. Whenever uh, The first thing I thought of when I heard this whole thing going down was my dad always tells me this story. Years ago, um, like early 90s or so, mm-hmm. whenever – because my dad's a retired roofer, used to work out in Alameda. Uh, whenever they would get a rain delay or they would get any chance of rain coming in, their work for the day is pretty much canceled. Like, oh, you guys can go home. You go do whatever. Yeah. And one of the old bosses gets these A-season tickets. So you still have to open tickets. So one year they went. It was a day game. They played the Yankees. And uh, one of my uncles almost got in a fight with the Yankees bullpen pitcher because – Dude, that's just a different era right there. Yeah. <laughs> so – and the whole time because he kept making fun of him. Hey, New York yeah. pepperoni pizza. And the guy just got sensitive. And my uncle's like – a big dude. He's like six foot. Yeah. So the guy like tries to come at him and he's like, what are you going to do, man? Yeah. So it just shows you like, it, not to generalize our fan base, but it's like, there's other fan bases. You could probably get away with a little bit more. You go to Kansas city, 
whatever, go I, to Seattle. But like, I, but dude, I mean, you gotta have thicker skin if you're him, man. I'm, I'm just at the end of the st- end of the day, it's that. It is that. Yeah, bro. Like, uh, like someone calling you a bitch is gonna bug you that much. I don't know. I mean, thick. Like, why don't you, with all that money you've earned over the last few years, go get a cosmetic surgery to make your skin <laughs> thicker. Or just tell the guy to fuck off. Like you, like what you grab his, you you like, you you physically assault him. Uh, come on, what are we what are we doing here? All that being said, both parties did apologize. The, yeah. the, the A's fan in question, we should get him on the pod one day. <laughs> the A's fan. Are we sure it wasn't Alex? Yeah, yeah. Kidding. We're just. It's like yeah, there's some guy who's you know he was wearing glasses. He had a Kelly Green jersey and a beard. <laughs> You know, he's there like every game. Yeah. But um, both sides apologize. So, you know, water under the bridge. But I think Anthony Rendon's reputation in Oakland probably got tarnished more than yeah, already he's gonna was. Get, I mean, the next day he got booed the second he came up to the plate. Like, it wasn't – It's that's going to be every time. Remember remember after the Manny Machado when he threw the bat at Josh Donaldson? Oh, shit. And I he forgot got booed about for that. like three or four years after that. Yeah. It's, there, I mean, we, we Yeah, we don't forget. We're yeah. petty as fuck. Um. All right, next order of business. I it's I'm, there's not much more to say than fuck that guy. He's a piece of shit. I don't like him. Um, so gavel, uh, gavel. Yeah, your peak was 2019. Um, all right. So next order of business. Um, the MLB owners approved a the latest minor league CBA. Um, this is a pretty historic thing because, as most of you know, um, who are baseball fans, the minor leagues they don't get a lot of benefits. They don't get um taken care of very well, and they don't get paid very well. Um, I'm not gonna we're not gonna go too deep into uh, what the logistics are, um, but we'll just give a couple bullet points. Um, they have improved healthcare. Um, they have better housing efforts. The the owners have to make better efforts towards um, finding them good housing. Um, obviously, better pay. Um, they are eligible to get um, NIL deals. That is name engine. They're allowed to profit off their name, image, and likeness. They were not allowed to do that before. A lot like college sports. Um, also the big ones are, um, their annual salaries were raised 48% on average. That is fucking huge. 48% increase. Um, and the reason for that is before they were not paid, um, when they were in off season camp, when they were training in off season camp, you weren't paid for that work. Um, when you were just in the off season, just on vacation, you know, like, you know, the dead, dead, um, months like December or something like that. Um, they weren't paid for that service time. They are now, uh, not much. And then, um, they weren't paid to attend spring training if the camp, if the team invited them, they had to do that for free. Um, they are now paid for that. So, um, when they're in off season camp, they get paid $625 a week. It's not a lot, but it's better than nothing. Um, when they are on, uh, not training or not in the season or not in spring training, when they're just off, uh, $250 a week. And then when they're in spring, it's $625. So they're getting paid a lot more. Uh, they said like the average, like AAA salary, annual salary, or sorry, minimum annual salary was $17,000 a year last year. This year it's now, um, 30, f- sorry, 35, $38,000 a year. That's the minimum. Again, that's the minimum. So that's a pretty. It's not a lot, but that's a pretty big increase from what it was. I mean, how much money were you, a year were you making your first year out of college? Exactly. Or like your junior year of college. You can live off that, especially where most of these places are. Like Stockton, you can live off of 
And then, and, and uh, you know, they can profit off their name and Im- image and likeness. They can be in like local commercials if they want to. They can do, like Tyler Soderstrom can go do, uh, like, go to a car dealership and sign some fucking memorabilia and get paid five grand to do that for something. You know, it's like there's there's levels to this. Yeah, actually, that's Soderstrom's really- a first round pick though, so he already gets pretty good money. But you get what I'm trying to say. No, that's actually a really good point. Now that, like. The fact that, like, for most of these minor league teams, they're going to be in, no offense to any of these cities, like, bumfuck USA or bumfuck California yeah. or Texas, whatever Midland, it could be. Texas, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, it's like, for some of these teams, I haven't been to a minor league baseball game in, in a handful of years, and I've been dying to go back. Dude, they're a lot of fun. We used to go to them in Sacramento for the River Oh, Cats. the River Cat games were great. They're hella cheap, too. They're, like, they're like $15 for, like, pretty good tickets, like, $5 for grass tickets, and then, like beers were like five bucks yeah and then thursdays Ticante tuesdays right they that that, they might have done that but thursdays was college night so you show your college id and you get like half off on beers and we would just go there get fucked up be a pregame and then you walk across the tower bridge afterward and you just go to downtown and just go out anyway I keep going so like for a lot of these guys yeah they, they probably in some cases could be a little bit celebrities in these cases in some of yeah. these towns or like you know probably not tyler soderstrom in vegas but like no. maybe Zach Galloff in Stockton probably has a little bit more recognition. Although if, if you are Vegas though, and you think you're gonna get the A's, Tyler Soderstrom would be a good person to like start as a poster boy now, because then in two years he's gonna be the face of the A's too. I don't know. Just or think about right now in like El Paso, Texas, right? You got minor, yeah. you got minor leaguers, you know, who are working their way up to the big leagues, like Fernando Tatis Jr. Yeah. <laughs> Well, <laughs> you saw yeah. the t- tangent. Sorry, yeah. you saw the tweet that went viral today, right? This morning. No, I was watching the so, Masters all day. So uh, Tatis is still getting his reps in before he gets called back up after his suspension. Yeah. And uh, he hit a bomb off some guy, and okay. somebody quote tweeted it with the video saying like, "Oh, this person's always going to remember this. The time they got like bombed by Tatis, even if they don't make the bigs." And the guy who actually was a pitcher quote tweeted in saying, the time I gave a home run to a cheater. Ooh. Oh, man. And then people just went off on this, dude. Like, dude, uh, look at – like, your ERA is right above where the ball's about to land. And he already really has a couple went six. off on that guy? I don't know. I feel like, like that's yeah. a pretty good burn. It's a pretty good burn. But yeah. I love – yeah, but the biggest point is um, – Got him. Yeah. Boom. Got him. And think about <laughs> it. Your second – you're talking about – 20 20 year on year old some instances 19 18 year olds where are they going to be living the most luxurious life no they're going to be yeah. kind of living what our college experiences were where like yeah i had to have three other roommates at once at one point i had four other roommates because yeah. like that's the kind of living you do i think just to see that they're going to be getting taken care of more we saw a lot of the dire situations when it came to the meals that they were being fed yeah, where it looked like so that was another part. I didn't think that was that big, but that was another thing that they um, um, they have to have like quality meals. That was part of the CBA too. Yeah, because think about teams it, teams have to provide quality meals. Yeah, because think about it, because again, a lot of these guys are late teens, early twenties, yeah. and for most of them, I think their bodies are still developing. They haven't fully grown. Like so you got to help them. That's help. that was fascinating to me because so my buddy Jesse was a bat boy for the River Cats in college, and he said they would have full spreads. Like 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 they do in the major leagues, like full like catered spreads every game. Yeah, so I think the Giants, right? That was the A's at that time. Oh, still the A's. But at at but the A's don't own 
they're not the owners of the minor league team. There's an owner of the minor league team, and they're affiliated with with the A's. Like, like Julio could be the owner of the of the of the, of the River Cats, but one day. But you just but your team filters through to the A's. It, it's you know it's different, but I think it it it, it just. The Rivercats owner just probably cared more. That's probably what it was. But I'm sure these places in the middle of fucking nowhere, like in Missouri or fucking, I don't know, wherever the hell they are, they probably don't as much. Albuquerque? I w- but um, I will say back to the – just we can wrap up the NIL thing really, really quick. I was in Portland, Maine for a shoot uh, for work recently, and we went to a um, Portland Celtics game, which is their G League team. And their G League team plays. Their arena's right next to their uh, um, the Red Sox AAA team. And Portland's like a small little town. I think it's it's well, it's it feels a bit bigger, but it's it's a small town in Maine, fifty thousand people or something like that. But that community rallies around those teams. Like they are everything. There, there's posters of these minor league players up on the on on billboards um everybody goes to the games like on like we we went to a rg league game was on a saturday and like holy shit they were like standing out out in line in the cold like around the building waiting to get in like they just you know that's this is all they have in order to go to watch the red Sox, they have to travel two and a half hours so like this is like this is what they got you know what i mean and you can bet your ass that like they're up and coming star a triple a player who's gonna like be like you know, be on the Red Sox next year. They they could they totally could cash in on on stuff around Portland. Like a local business could just like they could be their poster boy. They could be like part on their in their commercials. You know, like little little things like that. I, I don't know. I just uh, watched Bull Durham for the first time a few months ago. You're like the worst dude baseball. I'm the worst dude. Oh, 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 oh no. you're the worst dude. But you're the worst <laughs> baseball. Like you're the worst baseball fan ever because some of the best. Well, some of the reasons why I love this game so much is the amazing baseball movies I watched as a kid, like Bull Durham, like Field of Dreams. You have to fucking watch these movies, I I bro. just watched Gladiator for the first time a few weeks ago. I mean, that's a whole different conversation. And that's, My, that's a whole different... That's, again... That's one, a whole different round of berating I need to give you. One but day... The baseball movies. You do a baseball podcast. You should fucking watch these movies, bro. One day I will have my spinoff podcast where I'm going to bring people on. It's going to be the Never Have I Ever podcast, and you're going to reveal what major. Are movie... you going to be the first fifty episodes of that podcast? I'm getting to the point where I've knocked out a pretty good chunk of them. I think Field of Dreams would probably be the other uh, big one, but like, I I just <laughs> you're going to be so pissed. I just watched Die Hard for the first time a few months ago. No, you told me about that one. Yeah, I, yeah, Die Hard kicked ass. I, I mean. Where, where... That one you're just missing out on because that's just that that it's awesome. Uh, yeah, and and you have to understand that Die Hard created like all of like a lot of the action sequences that we watch now. Like that that was where those started. What would be yours? Yours like yeah, I haven't seen it. I don't know. I, I that would that's a tough. When Harry met Sally. Get the fuck out of here! Of course I've seen when Harry okay. met Sally. Um, this is a baseball podcast. We can talk about that offline. Oh, we're gonna talk about this offline. Anyway. It's it's good all around for the minor leagues. Back to the, that, it's good all around for the minor leagues. It's better. Um, it makes it a more affordable living. Um, it gives these guys a shot to actually like pursue their dreams with like good quality amenities around them, so they don't have to worry about this stuff. They don't have to like go train for six hours and then 
have to go hop in their car and drive for Uber for another six hours to make their rent, you know, things like that. Uh, all right. Last piece, um, the new rule changes. We're a week in. Uh, pitch clock, batter clock, no shift, all those stuff. Um, I I mean, I, I'm loving it, dude. It's awesome. It's my... We had the first ever game that was under two hours. Yeah. Like the San – oh, was that the Sandy and Contra game yeah. the other day? It was like an hour and 57 minutes, but still. Yeah. It's very much Grandpa Simpson walking through the door, putting his hat down taking it putting the hat back on his hat and leaving is like how fast these games are going why do you always do you always not everybody watches the simpsons yeah but you understand that clip you understand it's like a very usable gif that's is it yeah maybe i've used it you've used it um the only thing i don't like about it is it's kind of screwing up my end of night tv watching habits during this time of the year because well because it's like it'll be like 10 o'clock 9 45 and i can mm-hmm. be like i'm like you know getting ready for bed like doing nighttime routine stuff I'm like cool there's gonna be a game that i can throw on and it'll be on there's it's not, not it's yeah, not anymore dude, all the games are done by like nine o'clock 9 30 it's kind of crazy and then even if it goes to extras now you have this runner on second is yeah. permanently here more or less um well it, even when it goes to extras like opening day went to extras and it was that game was only two hours and 45 minutes was i was going to say and i think this is kind of the main thing i want to talk to you about is you were in there in person like how was your in-person experience compared to watching it from home so me my buddy michael and my buddy adam um were kind of shooting the shit the whole game because we sat next to each other we, uh, we went with more people but we we sat next to each other um and the fifth inning came around and we were like holy shit it's only it's, it's only eight o'clock or something like that. It was like eight o'clock when the fifth inning came. We're like, God damn, this is so fast. And then we're like, Oh fuck, we got to go get a beer. Like we're running out of innings. Like we have to hop up. So that's one thing is, you know, you're re- you're really, you're really caught on time in, in terms of getting, you know, your, your beers in luckily at the, at the Coliseum, you know, you could tailgate and you can, that's what we did. So we weren't too concerned about it, but like we only drank two beers cause that's all we had time for. But I would say the best part about it that we loved, and I, a casual fan probably doesn't like this that much. Um, probably not. Probably not so um, so keen on it because uh, the game might move too, move too fast, and they don't want to fit around on their phone. But you literally have to stay locked on. Like you can talk and like, but still, but you have to keep an eye on the game at all times because it goes so fucking quick. Like if you look down at your phone, you'll hear like the like of the ball hitting the catcher's and You're like, oh shit, what did I miss? Or you hear the crack of the bat and you're like, fuck. So, like, we would have conversations and we'd be, like, you know, instead of, like, looking at each other, like, turning our head, looking at each other, we'd be, like, having our eyes, like, straight on the field while we're having the conversations. And we loved it because it made the game feel faster. Like, it made it or it, more interesting. Like, it, it was like watching a hockey game. There was constant action. You know what I mean? And you had to pay attention. So, if you're a baseball fan, you're going to fucking love it because it just – your attention's fully on the game. Everybody around you's attention's on the game. I felt like it was opening day, so maybe that's also why, but I felt like um, people were more enthusiastic at the game and more, like, zoned in. My concern for the future is the, I think the home experience, watching from home, is probably the best-case scenario is to have that as accessible as it can be. Yeah. But when you start watching it in person and you start thinking about, dude, the first time we're going to try to go to a Dodgers game, 
that's going to be miserable because yeah. it's already so hard to get there. Mm-hmm. And of course, look, the reputation's true. You're not getting to a Dodgers game until at least like the, the third, third inning. inning. Now it's like if you're leaving right after work, if you're yeah. able to cut out of work early, like you're good to go. Yeah. yeah, and think about it too. Like concession lines are insane. What I'm hoping we'll see, and it's not going to happen this year, but I'm hoping in the next couple years is stadiums start modernizing how they use and view um, concession stands. Mm-hmm. Like if you go to uh, Bank of California, or it's not Bank of California anymore, BMO Stadium. Oh, it's not. Yeah, yeah, it's stupid. LAFC. Where where the where the LAFC plays? Yeah, yeah. In the uh, MLS champion, LAFC. That's right. In Angel City. Uh, yes. Um, they have some things where like it's automated vending machines you can go up to and do yeah. that. Can't do that with beer though. Yeah. What I love to see in the future, and this is kind of bringing in full circle of previous conversations from offline right now, is what Disneyland does, mm-hmm. whereas or California Adventure, just Disney in general does this, is they do mobile ordering where you can go into their app and you can order your stuff in there and you put a window you want to go pick it up in. If you're bring, buying alcohol, when you go and pick it up, show ID, mm-hmm. all right, here it is and you're good. We need that for sports. Yeah. We need that, in, well, especially now where things are going so fast where it's like you can go online at uh, Petco Park Get a beer, and by the time you come back, you miss an inning and a half. Yeah, because of how this game is now. So, one thing, and I texted you about this that night. The concession lines were still long, but that's because only like half the concessions were open. There, John Fisher is still cutting cutting costs everywhere he can, so that's more of a him thing. But I mean, they uh, one thing that they, they need more of those like beer fridge places where you go, you grab your beer, and you just check out. Um. I think those will, would help that process out a little bit. Me and my buddy Brad went to the PGA Championship last year, and they have it – like, golf has it down to a T. It's just like a big U. You walk in. You grab the stuff that you want. Like, there's just hot dogs on this shelf. You grab the hot dogs. They got snacks over here. They have a beer fridge. You grab it. And then there's, like, 10 checkout stands um, with – you know, there's a person there. But there's, like, 10 checkout stands. It takes two minutes to get your stuff and get out. And there's twice as many people at a PGA event than there are at a baseball game. Like, there's easier way to do this. I, there's only one. I can only think of one beer fridge at the Coliseum, and I walked by it. I, I that was my first thought. I was like, I'll just go to the beer fridge. It'll be quicker to do that than stand in the concessions line. And it was still a long line because they only have two checkout um, counters. So they have you go there and you everybody's getting there, grabbing their stuff, and then they're standing in line because there's only if they have two more checkout counters, counters it'll be faster. It's just it, there's. There's really easy solutions to this problem, but but it they they just refuse to do it. That's really what it is. Um, just so we can get our two cents of screw John Fisher out, you know that like despite how much money the A's spent, little money the A's spent last year, how much little money was being spent on the Coliseum, mm-hmm. the guy still made a sixty million dollar profit off this team. Yeah, he's the, one of the worst teams in baseball. And he's telling me they profit, so that's a your reminder that John Fisher is the absolute worst. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's gonna be the next step. Is like, I hate that we have to say this, and I hate that you're gonna agree with me too. But like, Rob Manfred's doing a good job, and it's gross to say that and admit that because, he, like, five six years ago, he kind of was this whoever he had around him is kind of acknowledging the flaws of the sport and how to make it better and how to make it more accessible. And I think they've done a better, much better job than where we were seven years ago. So when it comes to having a little more faith 
and like him and the rest of his, you know, people who he works with, you kind of have to give that to him. So like maybe getting a better in-person experience will be the next thing on the docket. Or I like I, fig- I, I don't know, man. Can you give him credit for just looking at the analytics and doing a survey of how to change, how to speed up the game and then just saying yes? Yes, because other people – look, when you just have like a shitty leadership of either in your workplace, either in wherever it could be, it takes – all it takes is no matter how hard the people below are going to be pushing, if the person up top isn't going to agree with it, it's not going to happen. The thing – I think the thing that, that jade, jades me a little bit on, on this subject is because – Yes, this is his legacy, and this is a great decision, and this is going to make his legacy years from now look like he did a great job. But really, every other aspect of his job that he's done since he's come into office has been fucking terrible. And it's been a mismanagement, and he's been the worst commissioner in all of sports during that run up until now. So it's like – I. I I, it just dry, it drives me he it drives me insane that that this is how he's going to be remembered and we're not going to look at the shitty stuff that he did and if he somehow is able to start lifting blackout restrictions on MLB TV then but, we're but gonna... that that's a contract thing though. yeah that's a much bigger that's issue a, that's a network contract thing and with Bally Sports tanking um, financially that could change really quick and and from what he did an interview on Dan Patrick recently. He's aware of people's lack of availability to watch the game. And he's trying right now. He's, you know, last year they made the minor changes they're, they're They've done more national TV games. Um, they've done more wider variety of teams on those national TV games. So TBS used to only do a Sunday game. Now they do a Sunday or no, sorry, not a Sunday game. They, they do uh they used to only do a, a I think it was, it was Saturday, Sunday? Maybe it was Saturday. Yeah. Now they do it. They do two. It's a Thursday or Tuesday game, and it's I think it's Saturday. I don't know what it is. Fox has games on four days a week. Um, they used to only do one national TV game on on or FS one on Fox. Now they do like three games. Um, uh, the NBC like morning game, which is like way too early, but still, you know, it's like they're they're making the Apple efforts. Apple TV's doing two games. On yeah, Friday nights. they're they're making the efforts, and I think this is all just to try and like get the the train moving until the TV deals end end, and then he can really like expand that. And Be- I, but that's with all the leagues. The NBA is the same thing. They're waiting for their TV deal to expand so they can figure out kind of revamp league pass and try to figure out a a more efficient way to do it that it'll be more because wanted by the fans because better word the thing that's going to make easier for him is like if he can bring the like the numbers the data whatever to ownerships and being yeah. like hey these contracts are running up this is what we've already been doing just from apple tv mm-hmm. not of including excluding these other stuff like this is like we need to start to diversifying yeah. this a bit more so like they they should do things like what what league pass does is like all right you can do a single team league pass so it's like i live in la but i can't watch the a's so i want to do an, a single game like a's package or something like that you know or or i live in la but i don't want to get a full cable network so can i just buy like a package where i just get the dodger games you know things like that they'll and you know they'll figure that out progression all right a's news um so the a's um you know not so great um they won three one uh, they went one and three against the angels 
Um, the run discrepancy, which is a note that I made here, I wanted to wanted to show you Julio. Um, they were outscored three runs to twenty. The A's scored three runs, and the Angels scored twenty runs total in the th- in the in the four games that they played. Three games that they played. Four games? Three. Three. It, it felt like three four games because there wasn't a game on Friday. So they, um, yeah. And then they um, went one and two against the Guardians. Um, different story against the Guardians. They did pick up their offense a little bit. Um, the starting pitching was awful, but also they were in a lot of late inning games and they just couldn't finish. They just couldn't get the job done. Um, so there's that. Except for Tony Kemp walk-off, which was really cool. Um Tony Kemp becoming the new captain of this team. Love it. The new Marcus Simeon. Love it. I hope he's or I I think his numbers aren't great either, but he's been clutch in big big moments. And another player that we're going to talk about in a second, but I don't know if this was something we talked about whenever the last time we had recorded or something we had talked offline about and texting each other. I'm like, dude, he's the new Coco Chris to me. I think he's yeah. just gonna be the guy who like But he's more of a vocal leader where Coco That's true. He was like Marcus was he was a leader on the field and he was a leader in the clubhouse. You know what I mean? Kemp is more, is more that vibe. Like so much so during the walk-off, he got Ruiz and, uh, and, uh, Noda to d- dump water on him during the, during the, uh, um, post-game interview. It's like, he's bringing, he's keeping the traditions alive. He's bringing the culture in. Yeah. He's, 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 he's the rock of the clubhouse. It's the important things of that. Um, but to kind of go back to like the offense or the lack thereof offense, yeah, it seems like what this next week and a half or so of road games because what they're going to, t- to Tampa uh, after bring up the rest of the schedule, but it was the same thing that happened last year where like remember the first couple of weeks they were on the road they were in Philly then mm-hmm. they went to Tampa and all this yeah and their offense looked awesome mm-hmm. we were like what the hell happened to this team like all of a sudden they can actually start hitting it's like yeah because they weren't playing in the Coliseum consistently so my hope is. You know, maybe playing on the road and playing something that isn't as cavernous as the Coliseum was, and there was a handful of balls that were getting hit, especially on opening day, where if it was a day game or if it was anybody anywhere else, it's gone. There's yeah. yeah, I remember like Mike Trout hit like a deep, deep, deep like center field like mm. fly out where I was like, I told John, shout out to John Locked on Angels. I was like, if this was tomorrow, if this is a tomorrow game at one thirty p.m., that's gone. Yeah. So. It could be the factor of it, and it's also kind of a weird thing of, like, is a combination of our offense just isn't good, or are the Angels actually kind of figure out a pitching thing? Or is it both? We don't know yet. Otani we're going to touch on a big part of that in the art after the break, so let's not go too deep okay. into it. Um, but I don't know. I wasn't too impressed by the Angels pitching, personally. I, I, I Charlie Anderson pitched great. Otani pitched great. Um, who was the Saturday starter? Oh, Patrick Sandoval demolished them. Sandoval did pitch very well. And that's – it's so hard to give them credit where the credit's due because it's just like it's Dude, the Angels. it's one week. I can't – I just know, can't do it. I know. It. It's, it's one the week. They do this all the fucking time. I can't do it. I, I'm not going to go there. Um, I'm not going to um, do it. Um, so two bright spots for the A's, um, are the pieces of the Sean Murphy trade. Um, Kyle Muller made his major league debut on opening day. That's pretty fucking cool. And also kind of crazy. Um, he had only gave up four hits, one run, walked one batter, three strikeouts and went five innings. 
His second start was just as good. Uh, went four and two-thirds innings, or five and two-thirds innings. Gave up four hits, two runs, walked three batters, and five strikeouts. The guy, the kid's fucking good, man. I mean, the kid, the kid's fucking good. I so like the the prize possession of that trade was was Ruiz. Moeller was def. I mean, he was high up on on there in in the prospect rankings. He's very good, but they said that he had like a lot of work to do in order to like get to that major league level. I don't know, man. He's kind of. I mean, he's. It looks like this is gonna be potentially knock on wood. I should have just done it on my mug. Uh, I didn't even think about it. Uh, knock on wood. I'm, I'm drinking beer out of a wood mug for the listeners. Um, potentially going to be a home run for us if they keep doing that. Is our, Are we about to have the new uh, Zito Mulder? Two, except they're both over 6'5 with uh, two lefties. and uh, With Mulder and, and with Mueller, Fuji? No, Waldachuk. Oh, Waldachuk. Um, I think the biggest thing. Chuck didn't. Dub Ch- Dip, I, I like Duck call, Chuck I like got him, rocked the other day. Yeah, but. I like calling Dub Chuck. Dub Chuck. Yeah. Dub Chuck uh, didn't do so well the first one, but that's his first. Min it's Chuck. his first start of the season. He'll he'll be fine. Uh, the biggest thing that I took away from these. So two- then, is Sears gonna be Hudson or Hudson? Yeah, he could be Ted Lilly. No, yeah, he's. I don't know. We'll see. Right. Um, we're getting too far ahead of ourselves. Uh, the biggest thing too from these two starts was it. Lights out st- starts. Was it like, oh my god, this is an absolute ace? No, but I think the biggest thing that your two first professional starts are going against a lineup with Otani and Trout, and then you're going against a team that just won their division. Mm-hmm. And he—that's a good young, talented team. Yes, that, yeah, the, the Guardians, Guardians are team. very good team. There, they there's no relief in that lineup. No, they don't have a lot of a lot of uh, pop, but they have a lot of. They just they. They're an old school team. They just get hits and they yeah. get on base. Yeah. Um, but I think the thing that in those two starts has been is he hasn't looked rattled. There was no. multiple. There was yeah. multiple times he he's getting control of the game. Yes. Yeah. There was mul- and you know we got to give shout out to Shea Langer Lears too because it's not just he's a Kyle been, Muller yeah, thing. He called a great game. He called those. a great game yesterday. Um, he does like he's not getting rattled because there was multiple innings in a row. There's like two or three innings in a row where he was having runner on first and second runner, second and third with like only one out yeah. or no outs at all. And he would pretty much came out of it like scathe free. He was coming out pretty well where yeah. like, was he just throwing heat and pounding corners that no, he was kind of pitching to what the, you know, getting some fly balls out there. Mm-hmm. And there was a couple double plays that were turned and it showed like, that was the most impressive thing to me. The other stuff is going to come naturally to him over time, yeah. but to have that confidence to just not get flustered, to not, Lose grasp the situation against these lineups, you gotta give them credit where credit's especially on Friday Thursday when you're going against freaking Otani. Yeah. Going head to head against a pitching Otani. In your pitch. in your major league debut with thirty thousand people in the stands, absolutely he I mean, so my read on him is he seems like one of those guys I don't know where he's from, I'm curious to find out. Texas. He's from okay, Texas. This doesn't work very well. He's from um, uh, Dallas, actually. Hmm. Dallas proper. Okay. Um, Scotty Scheffler from Dallas. Sorry, I've been watching golf all day, so I just got those names in my head. Um, he seems like one of those guys who doesn't take life too seriously. And the reason why I say that, in in uh, for people who don't understand that phrase, it, it's not what it sounds. Um, it's just like he just think it. He seems like one of those guys where. Like he doesn't, you know, he he easily shakes things off, kind of just rolls with the punches, moves on, doesn't like stress out too much, 
doesn't dwell on things too much. And the reason why I say that is because in between innings, when he's in the dugout, he's just like laughing and fucking around. Have you noticed that? Like he'll go over the go over to the pitcher's corner. Uh, they usually hang out the, at the end of the bullpen or at the end of the, the end of the dugout. And he's just like shooting the shit and cracking jokes. Like they show him in between innings all the time. And like I just fucking love that. I love I love a guy who just like he you know, there's those pitchers like um like Scherzer who they go in the dugout and they just sit there and they don't want anyone to talk to him. They're just like zoned in. Like that's cool. That's great. Like th- th- that dog. But I don't know. A pitcher has to have a short memory and someone who can just like kinda like laugh it off and move on and and just be relaxed twenty four seven. I don't know, that's appealing to me. And I think that also just kind of goes to credit of like, you know, it's crazy that Paul Blackburn's consider a veteran and James Caprillion are consider a veterans in this rotation, <laughs> which doesn't say much, but it's Blackburn's like, been around for a while. Though, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it also just shows you that like, you know, they were around when, you know, Manaya and Bassett yeah. and, you know, Frankie wasn't, I don't know. It was more so those two where the guys are kind of leading the culture charge with starters. Um, so I think they're kind of, it, the same thing as the Tony Kemp effect, where it's just like you're a part of these previous regimes. You want to instill whatever we have left over, and I think it's reflective of these starters. Yeah, totally. The faster these guys learn to bond together and become a brotherhood of sorts, mm-hmm. I think the faster the game or the slower the game's going to get for them. Yeah. So absolutely. Um, and then the last person, last part of that trade, obviously, Estruiz. He, you know, he's he hasn't been. I. I, I he hasn't been f- incredible. You know, he's hitting like, I think like 220 or something like that. But um, the thing that, with the bat at least, that has really jumped off the screen for me is he's been super clutch and he's gotten big hits in big moments. The rally in the, um, was it the eighth inning on opening day or was it the yes. seventh? Yes. The rally in the eighth inning, he started that fucking rally. He got he got a big single. Um, uh, off the uh, and then scored off the Kemp double like he the guy was just on it and he started the whole thing kind of got got the dugout all into it um yeah it w- I I just love his presence and obviously he's been incredible on defense all the I mean he's already made two insane catches in in one week but he's everything that he was uh in on the defensive side he's everything that he was that they um, he was advertised to be um they everybody the scouting reports said that, that was his st- strong suit that's why they got him he's just, he's going to be a future gold glove center fielder one day um and but yeah f- for me i would like him to be a better more consistent batter but as long as he's being a clutch hitter that's all that matters because that's what's going to put runs on the board uh real quick uh, so he's hitting 211 which is yeah ugh. But the thing that we have to really hammer home on him with is his on-base percentage is 348. Yeah, he's Which is it. pretty for, you know, becoming a full-time player. That's mm-hmm. a really great start. Um, I really like... He's aggressive on the bases, too, which is important. Yeah, he hasn't had any steals yet, but he's he does play aggressive out there. And I like what Kate's doing with this lineup, that it's kind of like this old-school mentality of, like, your nine holes, your number two leadoff hitter, pretty yeah. much, right? So now you're gonna have this ability where it's like depending on what the lineup's gonna look like or what the, or what the pitcher's gonna look like that day, where TK can be your nine hole hitter and Ruiz will be your one hole, and then vice versa, just depending on the lineups. Um, I kind of like Tony at the two hole, but um, he hasn't done yet. But at least one, he Tony's been anyway. Sorry, keep going. Yeah. Um. So the 
glove has looked great. I think this coming road trip is going to be really nice for him just to be like, he might've been one of these people who fell victim of the Coliseum just being the way that it is. I know he had like a couple like foul outs that were in out of, in the huge foul grounds territories. Uh, But in terms of just, you already said it with defense Mm. is as advertised. And I think the one thing, and I don't think this is a him issue. I think this is just the A's team as a full right now that I'm a little, I was hoping for a little bit more of is the stolen base category right now as a team. They have uh, one, two, three, four, five steals as a team, which they should have more than that. With they need deals. to have a lot more than that. And everybody can run on this team too. There's no reason why they shouldn't take advantage. Of that. They have like, and, and it's like you don't need to be the fastest team anymore to have a team no. that's going to be aggressive. Just like take advantage of what is it now to only you can only do two pitch offs as a pitcher before yeah. it's if you do so it again. So they showed some numbers after seven days of baseball in last year, the beginning of last season. There were 50 or no 40 stolen base attempts and only 15 successful. This year, there's been in one week, there was um. 70 stolen base attempts and 50 successful. So the numbers have just dramatically gone up and the percentages have gone up because of the new rules, because people can take bigger leads and, and especially after, after he throws over one time, like you can hop over there because you know, he only got one time left. You know, it's just, it's yeah, it's just such a, it's God, it's just such a better game with those new rules. Just take advantage of it. There's enough speed that this team should be stealing more. Yeah. And, to, to 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 wrap it up, I, I want to play hindsight, and I hate for Christian Pache to be a victim of this, but Pache was this hyped and this basically this guy one year ago, and Pache had a terrible start. He went like oh for oh for twenty or something like that before he got a hit. Ruiz is already leaps and bounds more promising than what Pache was. On both sides of the ball. He got a hit in opening day. Yes. He's gotten three hits since then. Or no, five hits since then, I think. Six hits total, which is not great. It's not terrible. But he's shown that he can be effective in big moments. Like, there's just a lot more bright side. I'm not as... After two weeks last year with Pache, I was, like, super worried about him. Like, I'm not worried at all with Ruiz. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I see it. I see it. It's. I'm not going to go as far as you are right now, but I do think this time last year he looks better than Pache But I'm did. just trying to compare it so that the listeners can kind of yes. wrap their head around Absolutely. it. Right? Absolutely. All right, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. We're going to talk about um, how we're going to score runs um, after this break. Okay, welcome back. Um, we'll jump right into it. So this segment is um, where the fuck are the runs going to come from? Uh, so after watching this team for the past week, especially, especially the fucking Angel series, it's just like really concerning about our ability to score runs. And I tweeted after opening day on Thursday, um, which was I felt at the time was true. Like I loved watching that team play small ball in that eighth inning. And just like really grind out, scrap together two runs from, I think there was one double that whole inning. It was from Tony Kemp, and then it was a walk and a couple singles. <clears throat> That's fun baseball to me as a fan of this game. 
But that's not efficient baseball. That's only going to get a few runs on the board. I don't know, man. I'm concerned because, like, there's only one guy on this team who's ever hit more than 30 home runs, and he's old as fuck. Jesus Aguilar is actually, like, I think younger than me. Is he really? Yes, he's like, it feels like he's been around he, forever. He's got the Kevon the Kevon Looney effect, which is like, <laughs> what did Kevin Garnett say about him? He's like, he's like Kevon Looney looking out there like he's forty five years old. He's got like fifteen rebounds. D- did he say that? This yeah. Oh yeah. Me. Oh, I I sent that clip to you guys to the Warriors chat. Dude, um, there's too many clips that are sent in that Warriors chat. I can't remember. Yeah, Jesus Aguilar is thirty two. He's old, <laughs> he's older than me, man. He's older than me. So you're you old? White, you Ben Affleck. Um, if you white, you Ben Affleck. I love that line. Anyway, yeah, and like Seth Brown's the other person that who could potentially do it, but he's never hit more than than tw- more than thirty home runs. He's twenty five is the most he's hit. That was last season. I, I just like, I don't know, bro. I don't know. It's concerning. You have to hit balls. You have to hit balls out of the ballpark in order to like really be efficient and get fucking batters home you know i think well uh, in, time, in terms of this roster i know jace peterson has had i'm gonna bring up his numbers quick he's I been know, good man i've really been liking him yo I, I i thought he was like a super underrated signing in the first yeah. place like well, I he thought, was part of the wasn't he part of the he was a free agent signing okay. um the most home runs he's had okay he's not a big home run here i take that back uh pretty much we need ramon to figure out how to hit consistently again his he has but he never does average he's never been a consistent hitter he's actually always goes on streaks like dude don't forget the year he got suspended if he didn't get hurt at like it was like the middle of june or but he was he was almost an all-star but he was streaky that season at the end of the day he was streaky that season he's hitting 227 now so (laughs) there's there's that I don't think we're gonna get any answers. Maybe, maybe Shay can. Shay, when Shay gets his back going, that's gonna be a big one. Honestly, the answer is we're not this season because, but we will maybe the second half of this season. Probably actually probably sooner than that, and next year from our Lord and Savior Tyler Soderstrom and Zach Geloff. Both those guys are home run hitters. They're not big home run hitters. They're like thirty bombs a year. Zach Geloff's probably gonna be around like twenty twenty five. But that's where it's going to come from. And I think that the front office knew that going into the season, so they weren't going to invest heavily into that. Yeah, totally agree. Um, but until then, because, yeah, realistically, it's going to be the power's coming from Brown and Aguilar. Yeah. And whether that's going to be coming consistently, we don't know. Yeah. I think the answer of how we're going to score runs is literally what we just talked about five minutes ago in the previous segment is you just got to play small. You got to – And hope that your pitching team, holds up. Yeah, I think this team is underutilizing how – they're not a fast team, but I think there's enough speed on this team that you can get take advantage of these things. And it yeah. seems like they're – as I'm looking at the poster for it, it seems like they're just trying to hold on to this old, old money ball philosophy, which is like – don't steal bases or like don't bunt it's free outs Mm -hmm. we can't that's not that's not how the with the new rules that's not the game anymore yeah and i think that was proven in the first week of this game of this of the season i watched the uh padres d-backs game where the d-backs also i think might actually be good but that's another day um (laughs) the d-backs won that game for listeners julio's been 
big on the D-backs. All I liked him a lot. I liked him a lot. He was trying to just pitch get to rid of Madison Bumgarner during our fantasy baseball draft. He was trying to pitch to everybody about yeah. them, and we all were just like, oh, "Okay, they're not going to win that division. They might be intention kind of a wild card, but we'll see." There's a there's so many wild card spots now. Um, back to the original point. Watching that game, uh, they were being so aggressive on the base paths, mm-hmm. and they're not a super fast team as well. And what ended up happening is like you still second, you get a little, you know, dribbler that's hitting to like just drops in right field if it's a two out play mm-hmm. or if a two out ball, that runner on second scoring home. That's an easily manufactured run. Yeah. So like why not just play this philosophy? We watched the Guardians crush us over the last couple of days because That's like, how they made the playoffs last year. Because they're playing def- like the same thing. But the, the but uh, it, they have at least one guy who can hit thirty home runs a season, in Jose Ramirez. Like we don't even have that one guy, Julio. We don't even have that one guy. I don't think it. It's gonna be weird to say this. Like I think in Oakland now, because like when we had those years of the late twenty tens with Crush and Ollie and Chapman and all that, you have to remember in twenty nineteen the balls were juice. It's like. Of course, it's hard, it's hard to yeah, it's hard to compare. Yeah, um, you know, like when Murph was hitting bombs out there and stuff too. We just we're just not gonna have those guys. And any it's at this point now where it's like any way you can find a way to manufacture runs, mm-hmm. even if it's not the sexiest way. If you're trying to be competitive, that's what you gotta do. Yeah, it's and and somehow yeah, Kotze's gonna take more risks. Yeah, and guys. it's because let's be real. If, throw a bunt down. Like, let's steal some more bases. If it's towards the end of the season, we're still having the same conversation about this offense. His job might be on the line. Yeah. Like, if this offense is stagnant, the pitching's going to be fine. I think at the end of the day. It... Yeah, I mean, the bullpen's been amazing. We knew that going into the season that we had a great bullpen. It's the, the starting rotation with the young guys that need to level out, which they will. Um but here's the thing. I don't think we'll have this conversation at the end of the season because, like I just said, we have two guys coming very soon. The only thing that's holding them back is their glove. Their bats are major league ready. Every scouting report says that both these guys hit the ball like big leaguers, especially Soderstrom. The only thing that's holding him back is the move over to, to first base and his defense and that's a whole other that's a whole other argument I don't understand because he's still playing a lot of games at catcher. You need a fucking the A's front office needs to decide is he gonna be a catcher or is he gonna be a fucking first baseman? If he's gonna be a first baseman, stop playing him at catcher. It's ridiculous. Anyway. But yeah, those guys they they just need to develop a little more on the defensive side. We can also even talk about the other guy who was it, it seemed like at the beginning of this offseason or at the end of the offseason has been an afterthought, but because of how well Talking he's about been. Talking Butler? Before, uh, no, Lawrence Butler is also going to be somebody pretty exciting. Mr. He's, he's like two years away, though. Lawrence Butler is really young. So a lot of uh, – he blew up in – maybe 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 next year he'll make the team. But I wasn't talking about – I just, I just, I just want to just refresh. A lot of people were talking about – A's Nation was talking about Lawrence Butler this offseason, um, expecting him to come up, but he's just not hes not ready. He did great in spring training, but he's about a year away. He's still very young. I think there's another person that we thought was an afterthought. They've had an insane start to the AAA, and it's been Kevin Smith. Kevin yeah. Smith right now is hitting 389. I can't believe he didn't make the team. Yeah, and it's – there's also been another – 
we'll see. We'll, we'll, this will be a topic for the next episode. Mm-hmm. And I won't talk about it right now, but remind me at the end of this we'll, to bring about this. Yeah. But, like, Kevin Smith's going to get called up at some point, and there could be a chance where he could be potentially a power bat because he looked terrible last year. He mm-hmm. looked completely lost. And maybe it was – He's really good in spring, but he's yeah. bad during the season. Yeah. And maybe it's just one of these things where it's like maybe he just needs Build to get his confidence up before bringing get his up. confidence yeah. going. And there's no better place to do that than in Vegas mm-hmm. with the stadium. Um, so, ideally, if we're looking for the home run power, that's maybe how we're going to find is in Vegas. Maybe yeah. there's going to be some surprise DFAs that guys who are willing to kind of get a new spark of opportunity to kind of – Revigorate themselves in Oakland. Yeah. Hasn't worked recently in the last few years. Like guys like Mitch Moreland. Um, I'm trying to think who they signed last year that, or like not really Elvis, but like power hitters traditionally have come to Oakland to try to revitalize their career. Maybe we can have one of those opportunities in the halfway through the season. But until then, if you want to win, you got to start playing a little bit smarter. You got to play a little more aggressive. So yeah. we'll see what happens. We got a long way to go. This is always so clearly an overreaction. It's only week one. Yeah, but we got to talk about something on the podcast. Well, we have a podcast. Especially because we get paid now to do it. So Of course. that's We got to be better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course we got to overreact. That's our job. Uh, all right. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Town Tailgate. Um, we are going to do a crossover episode with the Oaktown Boys um, probably next week. So look out for that. Um, that podcast is going to be called. It'll be on this feed. You don't have to do anything. It'll just show up on your feed if you're subscribed to us. If not, subscribe to us. Um, we're going to call that the Tailgate Boys. Um, we're going to do that every once in a while. We're going to um, do crossover episodes with them, probably like trade deadline stuff or big news. But this will be an intro to it then, so check that out. I don't know. What am I missing? A uh, quick rundown of what the upcoming schedule is going to look like for the following week. Oh, yeah. Uh, we got this our first road trip of the series. We got a three-game series against the Temp. The freaking Red Hot Rays, mm-hmm. who just look by far the best team in baseball. Are you surprised? Yeah. Because he's doing every – like. Every... Yeah, you are? I'm not surprised at all. No, actually, no. Yes and no, because it's like every year we're like, oh, they're not going to do it again and again in overreaction week one. It's like they're doing it again. I don't think I've ever said that. I, well, it's because like of how much better Toronto looks this season. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, just yeah, the division yeah. overall. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the following week we're staying in the AL East uh, where – or the re- – the following series is going to be against the Baltimore Orioles. So we get to—that's a good team now. By yeah, the way. it's going to be get to see Adley Rutschman, um, uh, Gunnar Henderson. Top top prospects going to be at short. Super fun, exciting young team. Um, to hell, I think in my opinion that could be the model of what the Cedric A's should Mullins. be replicating. Cedric Mullins out there. I think that's a model of what this A's franchise should be replicating as what Baltimore has been doing because yeah. they're really starting to come up. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Follow us on Twitter. Try to get in there, the fun tweets, all that fun stuff. But, uh, yeah, history, first podcast – or first town tailgate in person. First town tailgate Yeah, person. look at that. And we're going to do this more because we play on a softball league every Thursday. So. Yeah, yeah, um, Wish us luck on our softball game tonight. Um, last but not least, Julio. Let's go, Oakland. Okay, bye. Oh. Uh.